0: Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas, to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Killin' Sticks Arrows are for the serious hunter, a company that understands the needs of the outdoorsman and provides five different styles of carbon fiber arrows, ranging from hunting to tournament arrows. If you want premium carbon fiber arrows, go to Killin' Sticks, K-I-L-L-N-S-T-I-X.com to review their carbon arrows. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason show, use promo code OUTDOORS to get 10% off your first order. Killin' Sticks where the blood trail begins. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. I'm really excited, you're about to hear a great episode, but this is my 50th episode I've released and I can't believe it's gone so well and I've had so much fun doing this. I've met a lot of great people and I encourage you, head over to my website, www.outdooradventures.com. OAWJS.com, where you can listen to all the past episodes. Contact me if you want to be on the show, if you have a neat uh, story to tell. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. And also, please head over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. That's really helpful and it allows others to find the show and uh, just keep continuing to grow. And make sure, more than anything, you join groups like powderhook.com, uh, National Wild Turkey Federation, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. These groups, along with your local sportsman's clubs, are really important to the preservation of the hunting and fishing lifestyle. Speaking of fishing, if you're into it, stay tuned. I have some upcoming uh, episodes that are going to feature some great anglers and really start to spotlight some fishing uh, that i haven't had a chance to talk about so far it's been fantastic these first 50 episodes i really have enjoyed it i've talked to and interviewed just an amazing group of people from the first episode to the 50th I've just had such a neat time talking with everybody and uh, they're great acquaintances. And I look forward to meeting and seeing of them many times at shows like the Dallas Safari Club show, or this year I'm hoping to actually attend the NWTF convention. I encourage you to get out there, become a mentor, bring somebody into the hunting field, uh, get your hunting license, and just do all the things you can to support the hobby, support the lifestyle. And I hope you enjoy this episode and I look forward to hearing from you. Take care. Welcome to this week's episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. I'm very excited today because I've got two people that are just very, very prominent in the outdoor industry. I've got Scott and Angie Denny on the line, owners and guides at Table Mountain Outfitters and on the television show The Life. Uh, How are you guys doing today?
1: We're doing great. How about you?
0: Oh, fantastic. Tell me a little bit about the background of Table Mountain Outfitters, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Well, we started in 1996. We purchased Table Mountain Outfitters because my husband went guiding a couple of years before that and just decided he loved it down here, and he guided for Table Mountain. And so we ended up working out a deal and purchasing the business in 96, and we've been doing the same
0: thing ever since. And, Scott, you're also with us. When you were a guide, you came down out of Idaho, Montana. Where was it?
2: We uh, were both from Washington State. Tried doing a little guiding in Washington State. Uh, <laughs> just didn't work out real well. Uh, started uh, guiding for Table Mountain. I think it was 93 I started guiding for Table Mountain Outfitters and fell in love with Wyoming and, and had to figure out a way to get out here. And, and we figured it out uh, and bought it in 96, like Angie says, and and uh, been going strong ever since.
1: So at that point, I was uh, pregnant with our daughter. So we moved from Washington to Wyoming When i was pregnant with her and i moved down in 97 and so she was born here in wyoming away from all the grandparents and family
0: i can certainly understand that and so it makes it rough you want to go back all the time for them to visit
1: yes and no we love it here so much we don't it's hard to go home except for to see them
0: so and as you talk about wyoming it's really become a spot that I've taken a great interest in and I never quite Mm -hmm. thought about just the sheer quantity of animals from your big apex predators like your wolf and your grizzly down to just Mm -hmm. the prairie dog that you can have a little target practice on and you guys cover the whole gamut of that do you not
2: well of course you know grizzly bears you can't hunt yet Wolves, they you know, because of uh, politics, have been put back and back and forth on the endangered species list. Uh, so we don't get to hunt those yet. Um, we do all our black bear, mountain lion hunts in in Idaho. But we you know, the the stuff that we do here, we primarily focus on the elk, the pronghorn, antelope, mule deer, whitetail, that kind of stuff. So, but uh, you know, the Wyoming it does have you know just a great variety of uh, species and uh, some 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 big animals too well um,
1: the sheer multitude of numbers is what really makes you know the hunting down here worthwhile i mean it's really well managed and Mm -hmm. there's lots of numbers
0: if somebody were to contact y'all to book an elk hunt uh, i'll use that Mm -hmm. as an example because there is a lot of footage of various elk hunts that y'all have done and it's Mm -hmm. it's great you offer a number of different options for elk from uh, just the way people stay and and guided and you even offer something called a guaranteed hunt. Can you speak to that?
2: Well, that's just a—it's a guaranteed shot as what it is. it is at a, at a six-point bull. It's just something that uh, we thought would be give some hunters some confidence in what we can do, and uh, it's just—it's uh, worked out well. We don't do a ton of them, but we do a few every year. It helps people give a little confidence in us.
0: Well, and based on what I've watched with y'all, that would be the last of my concerns—is that a guaranteed shot? I, <laughs> I, I, uh, your guys' reputation is so darn strong, and the animals I see you just repeatedly put people on is unbelievable. It's pretty fun. It
2: uh, has a lot to do with the, the ground that we get to hunt, the guides that we have. Uh, it helps us uh, look good, real good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, I want to focus on elk hunting for a minute. If somebody's coming out for, say, an archery elk hunt, I'll start off with that, mm-hmm. and okay. they're coming from the East Coast because this is a lot of folks mm-hmm. – or even down here in Texas, where we have a draw for many animals, but you've got a different terrain, and what should they be prepared for? A lot
2: of walking. Uh, archery, animal, archery elk hunting, uh, even, it doesn't matter where you're at, you're going to have to walk quite a bit. It doesn't mean you have to you know, be a, a marathon runner or anything like that. You do need to be prepared to walk um, and shoot, of course. Uh, it, that's the hard part because it's, uh, it's hard to practice for that kind of an adrenaline rush. Uh, when you have a big bull standing in front of you at 40, 30, 40 yards and uh, is bugling and it's something you've been dreaming about for 20 years, it's uh, hard to keep it under control.
0: <laughs> I completely agree. I, and the listeners have heard this before, but a few years back I went to Africa and you're so used to seeing these animals in the zoo that the first time, right. the first animal <laughs> I shot and took was a zebra and mm-hmm. All I can explain is it was buck fever. I was shaking so bad. I was like, I'm completely gonna mess this thing up. So, being thirty or forty yards from an elk that's bugling and all you know mad and thrashing the brush and looking for you know cows, I can imagine. the intense. Yeah, that's the the least of the words I could use for it. <laughs> right. For listeners that are out there, in my particular case, I happen to be mobility impaired. Uh, so I'm not able to do long walks. Is there ever opportunities with these elk hunts, say, either for archery or a rifle, to sit over a water hole to still hunt, uh, decreasing the odds of seeing one, but certainly accommodating the hunter?
2: Not so much with us. The you know, water hole hunting where we hunt elk is going to be tougher uh i do have and we've got some hunts that are pretty good we uh for
1: mobility impaired
2: (laughs) in fact we're taking we've got a gal uh, that we're taking out this year that's in a wheelchair uh she's doing a rifle hunt it'll be a lot more difficult with the archery equipment She, she drew a real it's kind of a more difficult tag but uh Person's got some good preference points and that kind of stuff. This hunt, I expect her to do really well on a on a Absolutely. really good boy. I expect her to shoot a really, you know, who knows it's, it's hunting, right, but it's fair chase hunting, but but uh, I
1: also think that that ranch could provide us um, we won't we uh, this is brand new to us this year. That's why we're kind of unsure about it. but I do believe that ranch could provide us with a little more opportunities in the archery end of things. For somebody in that situation,
2: tree stand, ground blind type of hunting, where they're, it's a creek bottom, uh, hay fields, that kind of stuff, where those bulls are running up and down the the creek. So, you know, we'll we'll know after this year how well that's going to go. But it it definitely is a possibility for someone that has you know struggles to get around a little bit, but uh, still has all the desire in the world to get out
0: there and archery mm-hmm. hunting. So, sure, and if you can accommodate them, that just broadens the scope for you guys. That's fantastic.
1: It does, and you know we have different ranches for different things. You know, if we have somebody coming in that we we know can't walk and has to hunt from a vehicle or a motorized ATV of some sort, we do have places that, and we'll adapt to those places per what they're looking for.
0: Now, do you cover? Do you have ranches across all of Wyoming in various locations, or, or do you try to center on one area?
1: We're basically based on the south. Or kind of the southeast and east side of the state.
2: Yeah, we've got stuff from the Black Hills of Wyoming all the way down to Cheyenne. So right. pretty much the east side.
0: So you've got just plenty of opportunity for people on both. I would think the antelope, the just about everything you can you could find in in yeah. Wyoming.
2: yes, yeah. Basically, we'll start hunting uh, archery antelope August fifteenth. And we'll go to uh archery deer and antelope uh, september 1st and then we'll start hunting elk around the 10th of september with archery then we go into rifle stuff the first of uh, october for deer elk and antelope and uh go deer elk and antelope on the rifle side all the way to about the 20th of november so
0: i see you also offer turkey hunting is that done down in the nebraska area we don't do a
2: whole lot of that anymore we uh we've got some some friends that uh, we've had take kind of take care of uh, most of that. So we're just we're, because
1: we're so into the spring bear hunting at that point in time, it's hard to give that up when we're hunting with our dogs and the kids and everything else at that time of year to go do the turkey hunt. So we've had some pretty good people step up and take over some of those hunts in Nebraska as well as a couple of places up here on the east side of Wyoming, a little north of us.
0: Speaking of that, for listeners that might not be a hundred percent familiar. Could you speak some more to that uh, spring black bear season using both dogs and not using dogs, and how you guys run that that system?
1: Yes, absolutely. We start our mornings off running our hounds, and we do that because it's cooler in the mornings. We have a little bit more moisture. The hounds have a little bit better opportunity to find a track at that point in time. And we'll run in the mornings, and then if we don't. Catch a bear or tree a bear, and or unsuccessful that day with that hunter. In the morning, we'll come back and we'll have dinner, you know, early dinner, and then they go sit baits that evening. So they get kind of two opportunities in one day for a bear. It is uh, way more exhilarating to be running behind the dogs.
2: Oh, but. I bet <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We hunt. Uh, you know, the season starts April fifteenth, but we don't generally start hunting until. Uh,
1: First of May. First
2: of May. We'll hunt all of May and June, basically. Uh, you know, the first two weeks, you know, of the season, we're generally, you know, getting all the baits out, and get out, doing all the preparation and stuff. That takes a long time, you know, get dogs in shape, all that good stuff. But uh, it's one of our fun hunts. We come out of the show season and we're fat and tired of sitting around <laughs> talking on the phone and want, want to get out in the woods, so...
1: No, I was just going to say, and, you know, the success between the two, the two different types during the day, you know, it's, it's usually about 50%, you know, with the hounds the, that were successful and 50% that were successful over bait.
0: Most people are going to go away with a bear one way or another.
1: We hope so, yes.
0: Right. Yes, <laughs> we are
2: we 25 for 26 this year, so.
0: Oh, wow. That's fantastic odds. And these are all yes. in Idaho? Yes. yes.
1: It's the only states that we can still run our hounds. Well, they only stayed on this side over.
0: <laughs> for us. For us. Really. Okay,
1: so it is the it is we cannot run hounds in Wyoming for bear. So to, in order to do that, we have an area in Idaho we take our dogs to and and utilize over there.
0: Oh, fantastic! And what is for for anybody that's coming that's not a say an Idaho resident? How do are the tags just over the counter? Yes. Oh, so very simple. Yeah, yeah very simple. Yep, just buy them when you get there oh great so no draws yeah, no they nothing don't, they
1: don't no they don't even buy them until they they get to the state
0: oh what a simple process then yep. Yeah, yeah. so let's go back to wyoming for a minute because in talking with people at the wyoming game and fish i was always under the impression that there was some landowner tags and they were indicating that that's not the case and so you really need to put no. in and really need to plan if you want to hunt wyoming Yes, absolutely. Planning
1: is key for out here. You know, we have a drawing system that you have to you have to know and understand. And if you don't know and understand, we do that for everybody that comes out and hunts with us. But one thing that you can always say to somebody that's wanting to come out, even if it's not this year, next year, but if they're planning to hunt Wyoming ever in the future, they need to start purchasing preference points now.
0: Amen to and, that. And there's a lot
2: of, <laughs> and there's a lot of areas that we can. You know, they'll have either leftovers or easy draws, that kind of stuff. But um most you know, the elf a lot of the elk are are a little more difficult. We'll help out with all of that. I mean, yeah. that's what we do. I mean we get all of our you know, we get all the tags for our hunters, um, uh, you know, do the do all the legwork. Uh so just keep it simple for all our hunters. So right.
0: oh, great. And I'll tell the listeners, you guys go right to the show notes. You'll be able to access Table Mountain Outfitters website with a contact us page. Contact Angie and Scott. Yep. Start working on those preference points. You want a good bull. You're going to need some preference points, but the, you're going to get it out of that state.
1: Yep. 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 absolutely.
0: We
2: got a. You know, the the state has a, a great success rate as a whole. It's one of the more successful uh, Western states as it comes to success. So, uh, deer, elk, and antelope for sure.
0: Well, as you moved along and, and you built this business up, what led to the TV series? How did you get involved with your television show?
1: We had a lot of television shows come asking to hunt with us, and we kept, we did it for years and actually knew a good friend of ours who'd come over and over, and that's Dave Watson. And he he just kept looking at us going, why are you doing this for everybody else? You should be doing it for yourself. And so we finally just decided to take a camera with us and film what we were doing. And that's kind of just grown from there.
0: And now you have the show on uh, The Life with Scott and Angie yep. Denny. That's That yep. premieres on both the Sportsman's channel. And then uh, the neat thing is for so many people, if they don't have cable anymore and they're watching TV through various streaming options, there is now a subscription service that they can get to watch not only Scott and Angie, but a number of different shows. And Angie, can you talk to that a little
1: bit? Yes, it's called My Outdoor TV. Um, You can subscribe to that. It's just like a Netflix, that type of uh, format, but it's all outdoor programming. So what you can do is you can download whatever shows you want to take with you for the day that you've missed. Say you missed Lee and Tiffany the other the other day, and you want to see them, what they did, you can take that, download it, and take it with you, and catch up while you're traveling, or on a plane, or whatever. It's really kind of a neat service, and you know, somebody brought something up to me the other day, which I thought was kind of a neat idea. There's a lot of service men and women overseas that don't have access to to cable, or um, satellite, or anything anymore, and, but they can still get online, and download this stuff, so it might be a subscription that you get for a loved one overseas that can't necessarily keep up on what's going on during the
0: season. What a great idea. Easy to subscribe <laughs> to. You go in there and there'll be a yes. link at lifeattablemountain.com has a link that you can follow either to the Table Mountain Outfitters website to watch videos yes. or subscribe to this My Outdoor TV.
1: Yes, cool. absolutely.
0: So as we go along with the TV show, you've raised your kids in this environment. and. <laughs> Do they want to follow in the footsteps or are they looking somewhere else?
1: You know, they, they still live it with us each and every day. And our, you know, our daughter's away at college right now. Actually, she's sitting here listening to us have this conversation (laughs) and kind of chuckling as it's happening, (laughs) but you know, she's away at college right now and she still comes home when she can on the weekends to help us out. And our son, you know, he's, we always said that he doesn't get out of bed in the mornings unless it's hunting or hockey. And, you know, so he's really interested in continuing on. And I imagine that they'll both want to be a part of it at some point, you know, for a long time to come. I just don't know if it's something that they want to do solely at this point in time.
0: Sure. At least they're trying to broaden the horizons right now. Right. (laughs) Well, and that's always good. So I'm I'm glad you're listening at least to half of the conversation. So, or No, actually, on a speaker, you can hear it all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so when we've got... Somebody coming, and again, I I love to talk about the draw system for the different states uh, and how that chimes in. But since we're talking about the the life at Table Mountain, how many episodes is, is this a year round film, or do you film for only a certain amount of time?
1: Right now, we're only doing uh, first and second quarter. Um, So we, we film the entire season when we're out in the field, Uh, but we edit it down to only 13 episodes (laughs) and then it runs first and second quarter of each year.
0: Okay. But we have
1: run year round. It's just, it's too much for us to keep up with.
0: When you put it out there first and second quarter, does it repeat then through the third and fourth quarter? No. No,
2: no. It'll, it'll run first quarter and then repeat second quarter.
0: Got it. So that makes the subscription service even that much more valuable if you want to catch up and you're not available to watch at that particular time. Right. Absolutely. You mentioned show season. (laughs) That I know keeps people crazy busy. Which shows do you all attend?
1: We really uh, mainly shot show ATA. It's not really consumer-based shows that we go to, but uh, more for the television show and to keep our relationships with all of our uh partners and corporations and just to see everybody each year that's our one chance to catch up with all of our friends in the industry
2: we do uh northeast michigan yes. uh chapter safari club out of michigan northeast michigan chapter uh we do that in the uh, first first week of march, march.
0: Mm-hmm. where in michigan do you head to In traverse city okay
2: and, yeah, we I, do that one out of traverse city it, even though that's on the west side of the state in the east Northeast chapter, but they do their banquet out of Traverse City, so Got it.
1: Um, that has become like a another family to us out there.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm originally from Michigan, so I was just curious which chapter you were working. Where at? Do you know the state very well?
2: I I I lived there for 11 years
0: okay i grew up just north of port huron
2: okay i, I graduated high school out of charlotte
0: boy michigan so oh sure on the other side of the state yep yep yeah. <laughs> right north of traverse city there so yep. and that's
1: uh, just him not me
0: <laughs> nope that's a that's a good area but you head to the safari club show there but none of the mm-hmm. big consumer ones like the dallas safari club show or the sci convention we-
1: it's- We've done them in the past and we're hoping to get back to a couple of those bigger shows this coming season. Um we've done a couple other show little shows in between time and it. We're really ready to get back to the NRA and the Safari Club shows that we've been missing for the last five or six years.
2: We've done the the Harris the NRA Harrisburg show for the last, I don't know.
1: Oh, quite a while. 8, 9 years,
2: 10 years, something like that. I don't, we're not probably going back this year just because we've done it so long. We thought we'd try some other, you know, shows this year. Go we back
1: have, to a couple of the other ones. <laughs> exactly.
2: We haven't made our mind up what we're going to do yet, but uh, that the Harrisburg one's been great, great people, a lot of fun. It's just trying to, you know, switch it up a little bit.
0: Oh, sure. You As you move through all the different shows, you'll run into different people, and that's great that you've been hitting Brian, the East Coast ones. Yeah. Those so, are the that harrisburg show is huge from what i understand
2: it's awesome show. it is Great folks. it really super, is super super good time
0: so what's next for the show what is your vision for the life is it to expand it to a longer show or keep it as is just uh
2: just probably keep it the same length uh it seems to be working pretty well for us right now uh of course just just trying to get better you know do increase
1: it. the quality and the. You know, just how we do things. Maybe just touch it up a little bit every year.
2: Yeah, just trying to give a little facelift as we go and uh, hopefully uh, get some more viewers, that kind of stuff. But just keep working hard and uh, showing people what we do every day.
0: Well, it's neat because when you look at the shows, you can watch a progression as the camera gets better, as the people get comfortable on on film. Mm -hmm. And if I understand right, for somebody that's coming out to hunt with Table Mountain Outfitters, they can actually go in and have you guys film the episode, not necessarily for the show, but just for their own, their own use.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's always a chance to, uh, you know, have it, uh, you know, get on the show, that kind of stuff. There's always some criteria. Of course we've got to use, you know, take care of the sponsors and stuff like that. We can't have a lot of conflicts, that kind of stuff, but, uh, uh, but we, you know, the, the show is, is about the customer. It's about us, uh, you know, and our interaction with them. It's not really about, you know, us. It's about our, us and our hunters together.
0: So mm-hmm. so as we go into the, is the different animals that you hunt, I'm, I'm just sitting here looking like a, it's like a checklist of what I'd love to hunt.
2: Mm-hmm. When you look
0: <laughs> at the, say the mule deer or the elk, is there any particular hunt that stands out as not your favorite necessarily, but one that was like, oh, geez, I either love to do this again or, gosh, I hope I never run into this situation again.
2: Uh, Well, one thing that we caught on film our second year is uh, the elk fight footage that we had, and that's probably the most memorable.
1: uh, Absolutely. And
2: uh, we hope to (laughs) recreate that again someday, but uh, it'll be really tough for us.
1: That's next to impossible. We got out of the truck that day, and it was that our hunter's last day. And he had been hunting for a long time and had a lot of close encounters, but nothing ever kind of came through for him. And we heard those elk up on the hill, and we knew they were up there, and we heard the two bulls starting to fight. And both Scott and I just looked at each other and knew we had to get there as quickly as possible. We ran to the top of that hill, and we were standing 10 feet at one point and then you had to back up 10 yards just so we weren't run over and the adrenaline that's going through at that point in time. And I don't know how our hunter kept his cool because on one side of him, he had Scott telling him, shoot, don't shoot. And then on (laughs) the other side, he had me telling him, shoot, don't shoot, waiting for the right opportunity. And he kept it together and he waited for the right shot at the right time. And absolutely drilled that bull. so there's i mean and then we all turn around and look at the camera guy going did you get that <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're certainly hoping it's
2: that he got
1: that yes <laughs>
2: yeah. and that's the, the the short version it was a uh, it was quite the adventure getting there it was it was, it was. It ended up being about a i don't know we were walking with the herd for about three four miles you know in and out you know, bugling everywhere and uh, it was quite the adventure but uh
1: it took most of the day, Yeah. but that last little glimpse is what everybody gets to see. But it was, I mean, that was the adrenaline rush right there. Yeah. All that work and all that walking came together.
2: Oh, fantastic. It was right at, the end, right at the end of the hunt. It was really cool. So it was, oh, it was really neat.
0: I, I guess elk hunting is probably, elk and antelope are probably two of your bigger items, but it sounds like your spring yeah, bear antelope is really good. Yeah.
1: Yes. I, I would say antelope is probably the the top of the list just because there's so many we can do numbers yeah
2: we do a lot of numbers we do you know the the we do the most is antelope then number two is mule deer number three you
0: know is elk and elk and bear about the same
1: And it's just because the numbers are where we're at and how we're managing those herds well
0: oh okay and some of the other things you looked at
1: we do mountain lion and i
0: yeah and i was going to ask that's also with your dogs
1: yes absolutely
0: uh explain That's about
1: the only way to be successful with a mountain lion hunt is is with dogs
0: and tell the listeners when you're setting up a mountain lion hunt uh, again for many that come from the east coast that or even down here we shoot them on ranches if you see them but running with dogs is kind of a unique opportunity uh talk a little bit about that if you wouldn't mind uh,
2: you know the, the mountain lion hunt you know it's it's you know you're hoping mother nature uh uh, helps you out a little bit uh that one's uh the snow helps uh you know you're there's not oh you know there's not mountain lines running around like deer and elk and that kind of stuff So you're out, we go out and look for tracks in the snow and we're you know generally we're we're trying for you know nice toms you know you can generally tell by the size of the track if it's a tom or a female or maybe a female with kittens. And once we find a, a nice tom that we'd like to try and harvest, we'll get the dogs and, and see if, you know, they can catch them. And sometimes we can, sometimes we can't, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, it's, it's it's a little more involved than that. That's kind of the, you know, the short version, but that's basically how we do
0: it. And do you do a lot of those in any given year? Is it a, is it been a no, successful? No.
2: Mm-hmm. It's very successful. We, we run real high success on, on those hunts. It, but we don't do a lot of them we do four to six a year
0: oh got it okay yeah very cool uh i've seen it done i've watched videos of it it looks like a really intense hunt a, a lot of tracking as you said and then all of a sudden complete chaos once the dogs are loose and uh-huh. and on their <laughs> on their intended target so what a what an Absolutely. adrenaline rush
1: it is it really is
0: and for people just that are following
1: the dogs on anything is an adrenaline rush just a met, and they amaze me of what they can do with just their noses
0: what kind of dogs are you using?
1: We use walker hounds, tree walkers.
0: walkers oh so they gotta and love that
1: they oh, right. do absolutely and you know they that's what their job is and they know it and the excitement that they have is really really catchy. <laughs>
0: some people that may listen and, and you go out there and you do these mountain lion hunts and black bear hunts and people will go, why? And uh-huh. Now the uh. neat thing is I know this and you know this, but both of those animals are completely edible.
1: They are mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: And yep. so does the person yeah. take the meat with them generally?
1: Um, they, in, a, in the state of Idaho, they don't have to. However, there's quite a few that actually still take it home and just for that reason because they are completely edible. There's a lot of things you can do with those kind of meats. I mean, their meat is kind of a greasier substance, so you can do a lot with it, and it doesn't get dried out as fast as some of the other wild game meats do.
0: What is mountain lion like?
1: Um, it's more like a pork. Like it's a, a
2: drier pork because it doesn't have a lot of fat. I mean, it's, it's, no. It's... Oh, you know, and it's, it's different. You know, it's just, it's something you want to do in uh, oh, stews and, and chilies and stuff like that, just because it is a little bit drier. Some oh. of the
1: best green chili I've ever had was mountain lion.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it has a great flavor. You know, the flavor is great. You know, it's just it's just a little drier because they're just really don't, not much for fat content.
0: Oh, very neat. Yeah, I've not had mountain lion. I've had African lion, and I would imagine uh-huh. it's similar and it was prepared just as you said, more in a stew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty much all that's edible. So anybody that sits there and goes, "Why do you shoot them?" You've got to control predators. You have to use that you know, as that... a means to control for the mule deer and everything else. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you
1: know, we've always we preached it and said it over and over and over again. But until you actually get out there and do it, uh, a hunted population is a healthy population. And our bear population in Idaho is incredible right now. And they just, it's just because they are a haunted population. And one of the only ways to really manage them properly is with
0: dogs. And is any bear legal, or as long as it's not, say, a sow with cubs?
1: Right. It just, you cannot shoot a sow with cubs inside. thats And that's one thing that the dogs allow us to do is we can be very selective. We can take our time and make sure that we're not shooting a sow because we can take the time to find the, the cubs in the tree. Or we can tell if she's a wet sow or, you know, you know, we know what we have in the tree before we take it.
0: Sure, it gives you some time to watch. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: So now if somebody listening says, geez, I really want to hunt Wyoming for elk or antelope or mule deer, first step is to contact you. And, and what what do you do from there on to help them get that dream hunt of theirs?
2: Well, the first thing you do, you know, see what they're interested. See if we have a hunt that fits their vision. You know, if you're looking for a, you know, a wilderness horseback elk hunt, you know, we're not a good place to go. If you're looking for a 400-inch bull, we're not a very good place to go. We've never shot a 400-inch bull ever. (laughs) You know, probably never will. But if you're looking for, you know, a private land, fair chase, successful hunt on quality game were a good place to go.
1: Once we figure out what kind of hunt that they want to do, then we'll work through the licenses. What Which license to put in for, which drawing to put in for whether they have preference points or don't have preference points, and
2: we'll put them in
1: for the drawing. right. We do all of that for them, but we have to work through with them to find out what they have, what they don't have, and then and then get them set up the best we can for their the next drawing.
2: And then we'll figure out if it's going to be you know in two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen. You know, the, you know, if they want one of our hard to draw units, it may take a little while to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we've had some other areas that are easy to draw. Uh, It just depends on what the person's looking for and try and cater our hunt to them.
0: Well, you say you've never shot a 400-inch bull, which is great. You know, that's Mm -hmm. uh, from what I've watched on the videos and the pictures on your website, Mm -hmm. these might not be 400-inch bulls, but you couldn't ask for prettier elk with the perfect (laughs) symmetry. And and I don't care if it's 400 or not. These are beautiful animals. So that's what you're going home with is you know, if you're successful as a, as a beautiful animal.
2: Absolutely. And, and that's just it. You know, we're, we're after nice quality representative animals and, and we do really well with that. We know what we're good at. Uh, and you know, we try and uh, you know, stick to what we're stick. good at. <laughs> exactly. We fail about a bunch of things. We're trying to stick with the good stuff.
0: <laughs> you're doing it. I, I encourage folks. And good. I thank you, Scott and Angie for your time. Uh, One of the things I want to do with the listeners is head over to the show notes. You'll be able to go right to Table Mountain Outfitters' website, their website for the life, and their YouTube channel. And then you guys are broadcast on the Sportsman channel, uh, which can be found on, like, DirecTV or Dish Network. Or if you don't have cable, subscribe to it through the My Outdoor TV, where you're going to get not only Scott and Angie, everybody else, too. You're going to get a hunting overdose.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. That's what we hope, anyway. (laughs)
2: There's some great shows on there. There's some great folks.
0: So uh, I thank you for your time. I'm going to have links. I hope people head out, get your brochure, watch the videos, get hyped up for elk hunting, antelope, anything that, you know. Wyoming has become my state of, of the moment. I just absolutely am floored. I buy my trifecta lottery tickets every year. And, uh, so between Wyoming game and fish and table mountain outfitters, you can't ask for a better partnership. And I encourage folks to go out there and contact Scott and Angie for, uh, any of your questions. Well, thank you guys for your time. And, uh, I really look forward to, hopefully we'll see you at the Dallas safari club show. Uh, it's always good to talk to somebody that spent some time in Michigan. So uh, that's neat yeah. to know. And you get those little, yeah. get those little nuggets you find out. Uh, so yeah
1: absolutely
0: you know i I wish you all the best of luck and i can't wait to to see what happens going forward and i really thank you for your time
1: absolutely but you
0: You guys have a great day
1: Thanks. you too jason thank you
3: Early spring it's getting green fish on the bed and hear those turkeys gobble it's rained in my head the winter rides fast boat here comes another year yeah we command the outdoors around here oh we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake. Flipping jigs and Carolina rigs, from early morning till real late. Bonfires on the creek bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Next year's does until you know winter's on the way blinds and deer stands The fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we, we Command the outdoors Yeah, we So grab your guns and shells, boys, put on your camouflage, cause we command the outdoors around here, we command the outdoors.